another week of the base training podcast. So welcome back, those who are listening. Um, as always, we are here with myself, Lee Carter, Stefan Winder, and Will Shafty. And as always, we want to quickly introduce as to where you can find us. Um, but what we're going to be talking about today is warming up. So make sure you don't uh, turn this podcast off just yet. So you can find myself, Lee Carter, at, on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Lee Carter UK. And you can contact me on Lee at base.training if you want any advice or questions answered. Stefan, where can everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's at coach underscore Stefan underscore window. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Stefan Winder MSC. And you can find me on Facebook, Stefan Winder Strength and Movement Coach. Or you can contact me directly on email, Stefan at base.training. And William, hits up. Where can you find us? Or where can we find you? Cool. So Instagram is coach underscore will underscore strat D. Facebook coach no Will Strathy Health and Fitness Coach um, LinkedIn Will Strathy email will at base dot training nearly had it <laughs> nearly had it <laughs> so <that>. close <laughs> and if you want any more information about base training and what we do you can head to the website www.base.training or again contact us on info at base.training um, you can also book consults with us through the website as well just click on our pictures and you'll get taken to our calendars so without further ado, warming up, definitions, as always, I'm going to go to Stefan. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, this is a thing now, just accept yeah, it. <laughs> just take it. Um, what is a warm-up, Stefan? Uh, so a warm-up is an activity or a series of activities designed uh, your body for forthcoming exercise. See, that's why I go to you. <laughs> it's always really to the point and eloquent. <laughs> I ramble. Mine takes hours to get a definition. Still going two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> well, why should we warm up? And why or yeah, why why is why do you think it's important? Or, or the opposite, um, why do you not think it's important? So obviously there there's um two kind of arguments here. There's one why you should. Um, and one, why you shouldn't, why you should, obviously, depending on the intensity of exercise, you do need to prepare your your body for that. So like, obviously increasing blood flow, uh, which increase um, the amount of oxygen you can deliver to your muscles, increase your, through increase of heart rate, things like that. And obviously making sure that you're, you're ready to perform a specific task. Um, so that, but for why you shouldn't, um, if, but if you're going for a walk, that's exercise. You don't really warm up before you go. You just you can just go and do it. Um, and there's various tasks within training that you don't have to warm up for. You should be able to just go and perform those because um, they're not too intense. They're not too hard. They're just appropriate for you. Um, and I always remember when I was at university, um, my lecturer, Dan Gordon, always argued that warming up is just a waste of uh, time and energy before uh, exercise. Ooh, yeah, shady, <laughs> clever bloke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very clever bloke. Um, excellent. So we know it. It it's, it's pretty important. Um, I'm a believer that it, it isn't a necessarily a sign that you're going to reduce injury risk or anything like that. But um, I think it covers the base uh, of 
of injury prevention. It just it just adds to it. Um, I know I feel a bit better with a little warm up, and um, even just getting hot. Like I've been to obviously if you go and train in a hot country, then I don't need to warm up as much because my heart rate's a little bit higher, blood flow's a little bit better already, and as soon as you start moving, you sweat anyway. So. Um, <laughs> I think that like warm up, warming up can be misconstrued. You can just go and have a hot shower, and that is warming your body up, raising your body temperature. Um, but there's the other levels of it in terms of you, like uh, like you said, improving joint viscosity, um, improving blood flow, improving heart rate, getting potentiation as a factor. So getting your muscles uh, ready to work, and then subsequently having an improvement in work output. But who should be warming up? Stefan, who should, who should who should use a warm-up? Um, I mean, my argument would be that everyone should warm up, but the length uh, and the intensity and the specificity of that warm-up is dependent on your goals. So what I mean by that is, um, obviously you mentioned an example of your client before we came on, on early, that you um, he walks to the gym, so at that point he's already... His blood, te- his muscle temperature is increased. His heart rate is already increased. There's more oxygen uptake by the cells and by the by the brain. Uh, so his and his joints are being mobilised at the same time simultaneously because it's a a global monostructural movement. So all the prerequisites of a warm up have been fulfilled just by walking to the gym, uh, and he's training for health. So his program is adequate for him so that he doesn't need to do any anything else other than just do that for his warm-up um whereas if you are a performance athlete for instance like an olympic weightlifter i would argue that the warm-up becomes more important because that is your sport it's not just a like a gym session that is your sport so you need to take due care and attention like if you're a rugby player for example you would run through basic handling skills before you go straight into like full pelt tackling um, it, um, so you've got to treat it in that respect. So you've got to look at their goals really to dictate what the warm up should be and how it should look. Yeah, it's important to di- uh, to differentiate between health and performance, isn't it? And yeah, performance is very different to health, as we keep saying. And I'm going to stick fitness under that uh, brand of, of uh, umbrella of performance. Um, health and fitness slash performance are very different. Um, and as you said, the intensity varies within it. Like if you're just looking for health, then the intensity of your training isn't going to be that high. Um, the majority of the time, there might be some high intensity sessions in there, uh, but the majority of the time, it's going to be very low intensity. Something that you should be able to just walk into the gym, pick up the weights, and just start doing. And it won't take mm-hmm. you much to. Oh, you won't have to spend. 10 minutes on each exercise specifically warming up for that exercise um, I think that's where the difference is isn't it if, if it's, with the example you used of uh, um, an Olympic lifter like they're going through large and potentially um, past range, normal ranges of motion but they, they, it's, it's probably a bad idea if at maximal weights you're getting into that position for the first time that day should probably be getting close to that position as possible, close as possible, because it's probably the the actual performance of that maximal um, rep that puts you into that that extreme range of motion. 
that's probably the only time you're going to get there. But getting as close to there as possible and getting your brain ready to go, okay, yeah, I know what's about to happen. Um, so I know these muscles need to be um, need to have a good blood supply. They need to be warm, and so on and so forth. But um, there's always that argument there of like if you're the adrenaline will take care of most of it, and uh, if you're like this this idea of training um, randomly to say okay if what happens if you um, tr- a fire starts in the middle of the night in your house and you have to drag everyone out like so you don't really need to train for that you won't need to spend 10 minutes warming up for that you'll just do it because <laughs> yeah. the, the adrenaline will take care of it um your brain knows how to do that it's like again you go back to the i suppose the dark ages when we were about to get attacked by a lion like you wouldn't go hang on lion um, i know this is a bit of a poor argument but you can try kind kind of draw some logic from it like i said you wouldn't go oh hang on lion i've just got to do my bo- mobility exercises you would get up and start sprinting and we've probably already been in that situation as well not necessarily being attacked by a lion but where we've had to get up and do something really quickly that's a relatively high intensity um whether that's like a car crash and you have to drag someone out or like you have to run away from something or you've got to quickly run from the for the bus um, mm-hmm. adrenaline usually takes care of a lot of that but like i said there is I think it does increase the risk and um, there is a slight in, increase in risk like injury rates tend to go up at that point um but i'm not sure if that's down to whether you warmed up or not um i think it's if it's, if it was going to happen it's probably going to happen anyway whether you were warmed up or not um there's always some there's, there's a pre-existing element to injuries i think other than catastrophic injuries obviously so health and performance are very different um, what are the what are the pros of warming up? Why why is it good for us, Stefan? Why why when we'll come to you, Will, for the cons? Will why is warming up? Uh, Stefan, why is warming up good for us? Um, well, yeah, we've already mentioned a few of those. Um, so, like physiologically, um, again, it, it increases muscle temperature, so allows more efficient contraction, more efficient sliding. Um, the sliding filament theory, we know that acting myos and cross bridges slide along each other to generate force via contraction. So the muscles are warmer, they're able to contract more efficiently and slide more efficiently. Um, increased oxygen uptake by the cells and the brain, um, which I think has that added benefit of like a psychological um, aspect to it as well. Uh, if you can feel like if you have more oxygen going to the brain, you're able to think more clearly. Um, you have less kind of clouding, less fogginess. Uh, so you can think more clearly about what you're about to do and the task at hand. It allows you to get in the right headspace, especially if we're coming back to that performance goal as well. If you know, if you're an Olympic weightlifter and you know you've got to lift a lot of weight in a, in a snatch, um, that doing that warming up and exposing yourself to a little bit of load, just kind of be like, okay, this is going to be heavy. Um, and just gradually working up towards that heavy load, achieving those small little goals each time of lifting slightly more, slightly more until you get to that uh, that working set is going to be quite quite a good thing, I think, psychologically for you. Um, yeah, um, so there's, there's loads of benefits, really, so both physiological and psychological. Uh, and also, as well, if you're in a group setting, um, if you're training with friends, I think it's a, it's a nice social thing as well. It allows you guys to kind of just have a catch up, have a little chat, um, 
whilst you're warming up together and then go off and do your own individualized workouts i think it's a i think it has a lot more benefits than the negatives to be honest well, we'll find out won't we <laughs> will <laughs> let's beat him <laughs> cool, well, i think it's pretty safe um, to say that stefan is pro um warming up unfortunately even though i'm supposed to be arguing for the side of uh, cons here i would have to agree with everything stefan said <laughs> yes um, in my opinion like there isn't as many cons as there is pros um but like to kind of just bounce off what stefan said I've experienced in the past, I don't know how this resonates with you guys or any other people, but when I've been warming up, like in a psychological sense, when preparing my body to perform a task, it's actually made me a little bit too like aroused for that task. Then obviously we know that uh, too arousal for a task leads to decreased task performance. Um, so it can give you the, almost like the time to think negatively about the performance you're going to have, um, which is one downside but obviously that comes down to to you and your kind of anxiety management pre-task um, there's just times that i've it gives you the time to think about it and prepare yourself mentally but can also go too far you can think negatively about your performance um, and on the physiological side the same thing so you could over prepare um, and fatigue yourself prior to your task which would again lead to decreased performance um, i've experienced that as well um, but generally, I do agree with with Stefan. It's quite hard in a warm up to to overdo it because you understand your body, you know when to stop. Um, yeah. So my, my only cons would be that physiologically and psychologically, physiologically and psychologically, you can just over overcook yourself a little bit. Yeah, like you said, it's going to come down to your, I suppose, to your coach or if you have a coach or just to what you're doing and yeah. knowing your body. And I think it could be quite easy to. Like, like you said, I've, I've done it before as well, like going up for a max lift or going into a workout where you've, you have just spent a little bit too long warming up and by the time you get there, you're like, bloody hell, I'm knackered. <laughs> I'm pretty tired here and it actually impacts upon your performance. Um, and other times I've done it where um, I've barely warmed up, gone in and PB'd. Right? And it's, for me, it's because I've, I've had less time to think about it, um, less time to like you said, over-prepare, because um, I'm quite, I suppose, a thorough person, um, a bit obsessive about it. <laughs> it, it. Like, there is that side of thing. I think personalities, or you know, different types of personalities will thrive off a warm-up, and and some will, um, what's the opposite to thrive? Uh, diminish? Die. Die. <laughs> <laughs> they will die. <laughs> quite extreme, yeah. And some will won't won't thrive. They won't get the best out of themselves if they spend ages warming up. We'll probably know of that person in the like when you play rugby or something. The one that's drinking pints and having a fag just before the, the game starts, or just literally turns up and then gets man of the match on the game. <laughs> um, but then I think there's that argument to say that they're they're warming up during the the game. They maybe don't start as hard as they could do. Right, that's that's their level of, uh, I suppose, fitness and conditioning allows them to do that. Mm. Yeah, we've all heard of that, haven't we? Like, you've always got that slow starter on uh, on your team, or the opposition normally starts slow, and then all of a sudden, twenty minutes in, get absolutely dicked on. <laughs> 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 they all uh, 
it will start to warm up and it like things start clicking, systems start happening, and you just like before you know it, you're 20 points down. You're like, oh, we <laughs> underestimated this team. <laughs> we are too fatigued from warming up for an hour before the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that te- it is that team, isn't it? You're watching them. You're warming up with your team, and you're watching the others. They're all like just putting on their boots, right? Having f- fags in their mouth, like yeah. their hand. And then you're like, oh, we're gonna absolutely smash this team, like you said. Twenty minutes later, they're firing through everything, right? Just running through you. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Never underestimate your opponent, right? <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny, really, isn't it? <laughs> the amateur level. But at the performance and elite level, that's a problem, isn't it? Obviously, right? there's potentially a lot of money on it. There's careers riding on it. Um, like recently, England played Eddie, uh, Australia, didn't they, in the World Cup in rugby. And before it, Eddie, if they lost, Eddie Jones was up for the sack. Like that, that was what the media were saying. Is like if he um, if they lose, he'll get sacked, and he won't be retained as the coach anymore. Um, but luckily, obviously, they I say luckily, expertly they won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so there are, and his his contract is worth three quarters of a million a year. That's not including sponsorship and all the other deals that comes out of it. So there's a lot riding on um, potentially that warm up if they don't get it right. So one of the biggest, um, I suppose, arguments in the warm-up and uh, discussion in the fitness industry, on the in the strength conditioning industry, is a static versus dynamic warm-up. What's your thoughts on that, Stefan? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, feel, I have a feeling this one's going to turn into a bit of a rant. Go for uh, it. I'll try and I'll try and keep it cool. Uh, so. Um, Everything we've talked about so far uh, in terms of the warm-up and those physiological benefits specifically, that's been revolving around what we would call a dynamic warm-up. So it's involving uh, your body moving through space. Um, When we come to static, obviously we're stationary, we're not moving. So a lot of time, uh, something that really really grinds on me is like, uh, again, it's the example I used before we we came on is that... um, I have Olympic weightlifters at my gym and they're, they're good level lifters. And before they actually, they lift, they're holding like the splits for a, stat, in, like a static split position um, for, for like 30 seconds to a minute before exercise. So the reason that I dislike this is because when you're stretching a muscle statically, when it hasn't been adequately warmed, is that you're actually lengthening that tissue. If you're, so if you think about like a like a bit of dough, if you stretch it, it becomes less compacted. So you're actually you're taking the ability of that muscle of weight to produce force because you're you're taking you're moving those filaments further and further away from each other by increasing the length at which that muscle is normally resting. Uh, you're putting it through additional range of motion that it wouldn't normally go through. So it's under duress. Uh, so you're actually lengthening that muscle and you're reducing its ability to produce force. And Olympic weightlifting relies on your ability to produce max force for single efforts, um, specifically like the snatch. So you're, it's a one rep effort to lift as much load as you can from the ground to overhead. So if you're holding a static split strip, uh, you're actually reducing your ability to produce force and catching that overhead position. Um, so that's why I dislike uh, static 
stretching slash warm-ups. Uh, I don't know about you guys, what, what are your thoughts? I, I personally, I, I don't like static stretching in warm-ups. I, I don't mind it as a tool to increase ranges of motion over time. Um, but it's, as you said, like it's, it's length tension. Every muscle has a length tension relationship, doesn't it? And if you're um, removing that optimal length tension relationship, then you're removing the ability to express peak power and peak force. But dyna- like dynamic is 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 really the only way. It's it's what you do generally. But what gets me is um, foam rolling in warm ups. Um, <laughs> although you use the example of like the, the muscle as a piece of dough, um, that's not what it is. And kneading and rolling and to increase ranges of motion and to essentially desensitize pain, which is essential reason why people a lot of people roll is to reduce pain levels. But all you're doing is changing the sensorium experience. And the input to the brain in that area that's all you're doing it's not changing any of the structures inside your muscles or inside the inside under the skin um, it's just not doing that nothing's changing um, that's what gets me within warm-ups um, but dynamic warming up is I think it's the safest way to go um, it's the most logical I think as well um, mm-hmm. It's the most sensible way to go. Um, like get your body warm in terms of the temperature of it. Um, do a bit of movement that replicates what you're going to do. And um, if you feel like you need to stretch, then what, 10 to 15 seconds max of a static stretch will be enough to, to, again, change the sensation that you're getting in and around that, that may be painful or in quote marks, tight area. Um, yeah, Will, what's yours? Um, yeah, so generally I find that what I've experienced in the past, people when they want to stretch in a warm-up, um, it's generally because they're quite sore, um, which is usually due to workouts they've done the day before or a couple of days before. Uh, and that muscle soreness isn't going to change with, with stretching. Um, it's going to change with the increased blood flow, which allows for the... Uh, replenishment of the metabolites and obviously the removal of the waste metabolites that's going to reduce your pain but at the same time that increased blood flow is going to help you warm up better and static stretching isn't going to increase muscle temperature increase blood flow the same way that moving will Um, that's my experience with people why they want to do some sort of stretch in the warm-up is to remove that pain from the day before and it just doesn't work because pain isn't in the tissues it's in the blood it might feel better for that moment (coughs) careful (laughs) (laughs) you just was that a sneeze what was that that was a cough I just couldn't hold it in (laughs) I thought it was a sneeze as well (laughs) some dog barking or something Um, (laughs) yeah Uh, I'm completely gone I don't know what I was about to say Um, I think it's safe to say that we're on the side of dynamic warm-ups yeah um, like I said they are the safer more logical route to take during a um, a session and if you do static stretch it doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong um, but what I would suggest is try and do a dynamic warm-up and compare the differences 
and see see which one makes you feel better and see which one makes you perform better as well. Because that extra maybe 5% of performance increases each day will lead up to you getting towards your goal quicker. Um, I think it's also important to mention as well, um, as we kind of round up, that health versus performance require different things. So if you're looking for health, then you may not even require a, again, a specific, in quote marks, warm-up, unless you've got a specific need for it. Um, whereas performance, you might need to practice technique on a, on a light weight. Um, again, if it's like a sport, maybe, you, like uh, Stefan mentioned earlier, you're playing rugby, you're going to go through some um, some of your plays that you're going to go through in the game. That's warm up. You're going to do it at low speed because it's not maximum intensity. Um, when that first whistle goes, adrenaline, cortisol are all going to go up and that's going to account, that's going to take care of a lot of the stuff, a lot of the uh, um, stuff anyway that you've got to be ready for. Um, it's going to send more blood to the peripheries. It's going to send more blood to the ligaments and joints and uh, that you're going to be ready for to take the impact. But you're going to go through some basic handling drills, some basic running drills just to get you ready so when you, the f first whistle does go, you are in a better state than you were before. If you don't know how to warm up though, um, we're going to quickly take you through our preferred protocol of warming up. Um, it's called RAMP. It's designed by there's a few variations of it is rampant amp isn't there um, yeah on its, on its own um which again tells you that there's no right answer to it there's no set way but this is what we've what we've used in the past and what we found works quite well um so ramp is a protocol designed by the uk strength conditioning association i think um or it's what they uh propose to be a good one um I can't who I can't remember who designed it. It's probably. Uh, I, I know Ian Jeffries was a big part of that. Yeah, um, who was my uh, my tutor at the University of South Wales? Hashtag. Um, no, he's um, yeah. So it, he, I know he was a big influencer of it. Um, but I think a lot of people over in the states contributed to it as well. Uh, it's something they, I think, initially took from American football, um, from the guys working over there. Um, so the National Strength and Conditioning Association were, were quite big influencers. And I think, yeah, like the UK, United Kingdom Strength and Conditioning Association also have like a little influence on that as well. And like you said, everyone's got their own kind of little nuances uh, around the warm up. But it's it's pretty consistent that everyone agrees that this is one of the preferred methods of uh, warming up athletes. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's a good point to make, isn't it? The athletes part is hinting towards performance. And yeah. how to how to best prepare someone for performance and not necessarily health. Um, but if you are looking for just a warm up because it makes you feel better, then this is a protocol we would suggest. So, um, well, what does the R stand for? So the R is uh, raise. Um, so what we're looking to do during that uh, phase uh, is increase our uh, body temperature our blood flow, raise our heart rate. Um, and we generally do that through some sort of like monostructural task. It could be a, a walk, uh, a gentle bike, a row, a gentle jog, if you want. Um, something that's going to um, general quite global and increase our blood flow, heart rate, muscle temperature, all that jazz. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that games have been a big... Um, 
especially when it comes to more youth sport, uh, games are a big one, even in adult sports, again, it helps you, you can start uh, building in coordination and hand-eye coordination, all that sort of stuff, um, re- uh, reflection, reflection, reaction time, sorry, and all that sort of thing, so at a really low level. But yeah, some sort of activity just to get you going and start you off. It's relatively low intensity and um, yeah, relatively simple. Uh, Stefan, what does the A stand for? Uh, so the A stands for activate or activation. Um, so this is starting to shift from that big global picture uh, of your body as a whole organism, like Will was mentioning, to a bit more localised. So we're starting to isolate maybe torso from legs and we're starting to put um, those specific muscles and movement patterns through uh, increased rate of contraction uh, in order to start eliciting more force so your body will be able to, when it comes to doing the exercise, be able to generate maximum force as opposed to sub-maximal. Yeah. Well, okay, nice and simple. I'll take the M and we've got the mobilize. What we're trying to do there is going to take yourself through full ranges of motion that you're going to experience or close to experience in the workout or the game that you're about to play. Um, Let's say you're going to do bench press. You might do some light dumbbell bench press, um, full range of motion. Um, This is where the static stretching and things and foam rolling um, is where people will insert that. I would I would suggest against it because you're just wasting time, um, and completing movements just at a really light load. Maybe spending a little bit of time in the bottom positions. Like, let's say you're doing a squat. Um, take yourself all the way down to the bottom positions and hold that. Uh, maybe move about in that position at a really light weight or empty. Um, same with bench press. And if you're if you're doing uh, playing rugby taking your shoulders through full ranges of motion, taking your hips through full ranges of motion, and all your major joints through full ranges of motion. And just to raise your, increase your joints ability to maintain control through large ranges of motion. Um, and P, who wants to take P? Go on, yeah. Stefan. <laughs> okay. Uh, All in told. That's what that's called. Um, potentiate, uh, which is essentially swap, swap the T at the end, replace it with an L. It's increasing your potential to produce your best performance. Uh, so this is when you start to do uh, more intense variations of all the activities you've done previously. So for example, if we're, if we're going for a heavy three sets of three back squat, we start to now perform the back squat with sub-maximal load. So we're doing like replicative sets so we're doing three reps but maybe it's 60 kilos and then we're gradually increasing that until we actually hit our working sets so it's increasing your potential by going through increased uh, speed and in- also increasing the uh, intensity of the stimulus as well there is a more deeper point to that as well is that to p- that potentiate piece in terms of post activation potentiation is where we're going to start to take advantage of the increase in performance that the activation stage has triggered. So for those that don't know, when you... Um, and this is what we're essentially classing as warming up. And for those any therapists listening out there, um, you need to take this into account when you're doing your therapy um, and claiming that it's an improvement. Actually, it's just pat, pat, not post-activation potentiation happening. 
which wears off. Um, so you've activated, your muscles are gone, oh, I'm awake. And then anyway, I think it's anywhere up to like 18 minutes later, you experience a, an increase in your ability to produce force through that given task that you activated earlier. So let's say you did a, an isometric, um, I don't know, what, what can we use? Uh, split squat. Yeah, an isometric <laughs> split squat. Straight away, you've not really done any true warm-up for it. You go straight into it, you hold it. At a point, probably five to ten minutes later, if you did it again, your ability to do it will be have, will have increased um, due to some physiological phenomena going on within your uh, muscle tissues and your the structures within your body. But I think that like it's important to mention that, especially for any therapists out there, um, take that into account because it's it's pretty pretty important. Um, but yeah, there's there's your there's your warm up. It's pretty pretty simple, really. I wouldn't recommend spending 30 minutes doing that. 10 minutes, if that is all you need. Um, you can stick some supplementary exercises into it, um, some isometrics, some side planks and front planks. Again, it's really safe. Um, some basic joint ranges of motion, some, a basic um, pulse raiser on a, a seated bike or a treadmill, like we mentioned earlier. And you will increase your ability to um, train better, perform better, um, and potentially be a bit healthier. Um, so yeah, that is warming up. Why the pros and cons? Why you should and shouldn't do it? Static versus dynamic warming up or warm ups. Um, the definition of it and a little protocol that you could try out in your own training. As always, if you get any questions. You're more than welcome to send us some emails with them and we can even discuss them on the podcast if you have any specific things you want us to talk about and let us know info at base.training and we'll be happy to to talk through them for you and but until then we'll say goodbye peace repeat the same